Lavender by Emily Blue. What up? It's Bridget here on WPG 1071 Request Live. Today, I've got Emily Blue in studio with me here. It's been a long time coming. Uh, thanks so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, yeah, it's been awesome. It's been a long time. You've been around for a really long time, and yet we've never had you in. Yeah, I know. I've been on here with um, Tara Tara and I think Boycott at one point, too, but never alone. So it's kind of weird. There's yeah. like four seats here, and I'm lonely. taking one. <laughs> All by yourself. Well, so you're straight up Urbana local, born and raised. Uh, how would you say that growing up here specifically has changed uh, and shaped your life as well as your music? Um, that's a tough question because I have so many answers. I think I'm just really grateful to have been born here and to have grown up here, actually, because we have a really nice music scene. We have a lot of different um, genres going on. We have a lot of different projects developing, and they're always changing, especially because it's a college town. So there's always, like, new people coming in, and then the people who have lived here forever who are also just, like, still playing or creating even new projects. So for me, um, it's been nice to be around that in a creative environment and then um, have easy access to practice spaces and venues that have great sound like the Accord and Cowboy Monkey have been really fun. So stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. It's a really cool town. And I think a lot of people uh, don't really realize how much of a oasis <laughs> it kind of is. Uh, like a lot of people think of oh, big music towns, Chicago or Boston or something. But see, although it's small, it really has a very wide diversity and like you said, it, it's definitely due to the university, I think, for sure. Yeah, so. it, it is really awesome. And, um, I mean, festivals like Pygmalion and stuff like that. And there's a Folk and Roots Festival, too. So we have multiple festivals in this town. And, like, when I was 16, I played Pygmalion for the first time. And I would never have had that opportunity, um, maybe even in a more, like, maybe even in Chicago, because I would have been swallowed by just the vastness of it all, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, so you're, um, you mentioned before you're, you're involved in a bunch of different projects, uh, spanning fairly wide variety of genres. There's Terra Terra, Boycott, your, your own personal work, I the name Emily Blue. Um, I'm probably missing several more because you seem to be pretty much everywhere. Um, but how, how would you classify yourself musically and how do you, how do you differentiate each of your projects? Well, I think the, easiest way to differentiate them is like taking them at their their current developmental state so terra terra right now it's just turned into this straight up um really dynamic indie rock band and we're super guitar based we used to actually be a little bit more in like the start on piano or acoustic guitar but we are very electric guitar um high energy and the composition um takes a lot of thought on our part and so that's like that vein and then with boycott um, it's a duo project creatively, like from the foundation of it all is me and my friend Joe Meland. And he's, um, a really fantastic producer and a huge fan of producers like Arca, who does FKA Twigs's um, tracks and stuff. So with him on that side of everything and me just writing like the top lines and the vocals, it's very collaborative. And then with my solo stuff, it's honestly just like... What do I feel like writing and producing that I have not done and probably couldn't fit into a band that I'm in? Like, my album is very, very self-run, and my um, tracks coming up are also just, like, 
my brain, you know? Your brain. <laughs> the leftovers in my brain. So I was like, Fair enough. might not make as much as I can, I guess. All right. So uh, it kind of has to do with the, the writing process. Um, when you when you start with a song, what do you start with? So if, if you have an idea for a song, um, do you like make a conscious decision for where it's going to go? Or does it depend on who you're working with? Um, I think I pretty much know where it's going to go from the very beginning. Like when I'm writing for Terra Terra, it's usually on accident, but it also tends to start on guitar. Or um, the lyrics are a little bit more eccentric or kind of um, poetic and less poppy than something I would write for Boycott. Like, um, our whole album that's going to probably come out this spring is um, a fictional story of a woman who loses her child to drowning. And, like, it's, like, got so many characters and stuff. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even think we're going to write that on the description. That's just where my mind was at when I was writing for this project. So, um, does that answer your question at all? I don't I even think know. so. Yeah, I mean, so it sounds it sounds like it kind of you have the conscious decision uh, ahead of time what what you're writing for, uh, and then uh, it also kind of depends on, on who you're working with. Um, so I guess I guess a follow up is what is the writing process like for each of these? Is it the same? Is it very different for each project? It is very different for um, Terra Terra. It's like okay, I started. I have fifty percent of this song and I bring it to them I first see if they vibe with it because that is so important to me I would never want to play a song that they're just like not feeling at all um, or work on a song they're not feeling so we'll take my idea at its core and then kind of expand on it or a lot of times we add really strange sections I would have not thought of before Um, and Colin the guitarist especially likes to change around chords to make them more interesting so that's cool and then for Boy Cut it's like Joe will just be like, hey, I made this beat out of, like, me, like, ruffling a tissue paper and sure. I, I sampled a <laughs> car sound or something. I'm just like, something okay. Something completely random. Yeah. And then just run with it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What about when you're writing uh, for solo, for solo work? Um, <laughs> I can't speak. Uh, when you're writing for your solo work, uh, where does that inspiration or where does that process kind of start? I had noticed that, like, I hadn't dealt with a lot of the feelings that I have on that record, and I didn't really think it would be represented correctly if I had it go through um, sort of a channel of all men. You know what I mean? Like, my my bands are all men other than me, I guess, now that I think about it. So it felt like um, I needed to make this statement about womanhood on my own. And so um, when I was writing that, it was very concept-based, like, these were the themes I was working with. It was, like, rape culture, womanhood, identity, and all that stuff. And um, and I also played, like, all the instruments on most of those songs, like drums and the bass lines and stuff, and then um, the people that were producing the record kind of finished the, put the icing on the cake, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, we're going to take a break and listen to a music, a music, we're gonna a to music. a song. <laughs> a song. You give me access to brand new songs that haven't even been heard yet. Um, so let's, let's take a listen to one of those, and then we'll, we'll get back to talking about another angry, angry woman because I have some questions about that too. Awesome. So right now, it's Blackberries by Emily Blue. You got a job and you know it. Wrapped in your arms, you show it. It's easy to misunderstand your touch. I spent the 
night for a moment I thought for sure I would hold it I thought for sure I would hold your love You, you don't ever let your love stick too long And I gotta move this on so I'll take the heard it yet uh before we we go into your most recent ep you want to talk a little bit about that song yeah it's actually called blackberries but i totally see why you'd call it yeah (laughs) that's actually awesome and i think i might change it now (laughs) oh really no but (laughs) (laughs) emily blue blueberries i don't know it's like it's just on the nose but um so that song is um produced by my friend who goes by the name pelican boy He's very, he's just like a total weirdo, and I love him very much. He produces this rapper, Gothwalk, who is a, um, I think she identifies as lesbian, like, it's like queer rap, and it's just super badass, so um, you guys should check that out, but. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So I started working with him in Chicago, and we just decided to um, make pop bangers that had really fun musical elements going on, and um, it's kind of like. I don't know. Have you ever heard Caroline Smith before? Yeah. 
So I really like her um, production. I also like her voice and her vibe. It's very retro, and I wanted to kind of try something like that, something fun. That's awesome. So let's um, let's let's get in. Let's talk a bit more about another angry woman. Uh, your your most recent EP uh, definitely has the feel of a concept album, uh, like we were saying before. Uh, very politically or rather uh, social justice driven. Um, and, and you've kind of you've always you always shown a lot of support for races, our our uh, rape advocacy and counseling services here in CU through benefit shows, um, and in fact all the proceeds from the EP went went directly to races, right? Yes, they um, will till the end of time. And also we had a Kickstarter to just kind of like kick things off. Yeah, that's awesome. That was really cool. So I guess um, I mean, like I said, it's, it's clearly very personal. But uh, what what kind of sparked the need to write this EP? Um, well, let's see. I'm trying to think back in my memory. I had posted on Facebook just like a kind of live video, I think, of me singing a rough draft of one of the songs. Um, it's called Boys, and it sort of takes a critical glance at the phrase boys will be boys. Um, like, you know, holding men accountable for violence against women or holding perpetrators accountable and stuff like that. Um, and I got a really big response from survivors and friends and advocates and I was just like wow this is I guess maybe not something people sing about that often or at least um I had never done that before Mm -hmm. so I decided that I wanted to write more songs kind of related to those themes and they just poured out they it took like a week or maybe a little bit more to write the actual songs and is there an underlying story behind it or is it just this this theme Um, Well, I'm a survivor of sexual violence, and so I was just kind of pulling from certain situations in my life and also certain ideas in society. Like, um, in No Pain, for the video, we got a ton of survivors together, and they hold up signs with, like, words of strength or stories of um, their experiences and stuff. And I wanted to show the collective nature of sexual violence, but also talk about myself and my own experience, because... It was important for me to do that um, for my life, like on an individual level too. Definitely, I mean it's it, it's it's very personal and very honest in a very cathartic way, but but also universal, as you said, in that it discusses this this topic that affects so many people. And um, you know, the EP itself like includes snippets of testimonials of survival survivors of assault there um, that have just been recorded of just people talking. Yeah, and it's just, it's very powerful to to hear um, this combination of both your music mixed with uh, these people who you're talking about as well as yourself. So yeah, that was a really um, interesting part of the pro- process. And when we play these songs live, um, we will cue up these interviews in between songs, and people just like realize someone's talking at them, and they'll really listen. And so that part is awesome. Yeah. So what? What kind of went into gathering all of that content and formulating this EP? So from the idea of, hey, I want to, you know, I I wrote the song. People really loved it. I want to write more about this to getting all of it together because it seems like a very multimedia project. Yeah, it was. um, There was video. There was audio. There were phone conversations. Um, I just it was sort of like um, I use social media as a tool a lot for gaining participation and stuff like this. So I just post a status. Does anyone, um, I'm looking for like peop- survivors that are willing to tell their stories for the no pain video, blah, blah, blah. And then for the actual interviews, I just 
reached out in a similar way and people started to message me and be like, hey, I would love to be interviewed for your project. Um, I had like five questions I asked everybody. Mm-hmm. I don't really remember specifically what they were, but a lot of times it was like, what does femininity mean to you or how has your identity impacted your daily experience? That kind of stuff. So it's definitely, it's not a, it's not a happy album, really. Um, it's um, not a happy, but it's, yeah, it's, it's, happy kind of, it's, it's important to hear and, would you would you say that it's kind of hopeful, at least in the act of getting it out there and having uh, these voices be heard and putting attention on the topic? Um, yeah, especially because there are some, like, Lavender, the last song, that's a really empowering song, at least for me, to play because it's all about the powerful women in my life and, like, finding strength in femininity rather than weakness and seeing like, oh, there's this community of women in the, in the world and we are survivors and we're strong and this is how that feels. So um, I really feel like the end of the record especially leaves on a hopeful note. Leaves on a hopeful and a collective and a sense of community for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, um, speaking of community, we've got a show coming up later this, this Friday the 17th at Cowboy Monkey. Uh, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes. So I'm really excited because this is actually my second show um, in Champagne as like my solo whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm playing a lot of new stuff. Um, the lead singer of Church Booty, Marielle Fetchik, she's going to be singing with me for pretty much every song because we just really enjoy doing mm-hmm. harmonies and stuff. A fantastic vocalist. Yeah, that'll be great. She's amazing and a really good friend and just a really great person. So I'm excited about that. And um, I'll be playing Blackberries and, like, Lavender and stuff, like the stuff you played today live. Mm-hmm. So that'll be fun. So that'll be cool to see. And yeah, and you're going to be joined with Church Booty and Tell Mama, mm-hmm. right? So that should be a really, really awesome show. Everyone should come out. Uh, is, there, is there anything else you want to say to see you before um, tearing it up? What's up, homies? <laughs> <laughs> what's up, homies? All right. Well, thanks so much again for being here. Um, where can everyone find you online? Well, you can go to emilybluemusic.com, and then I'm also on Facebook, just Emily Blue. And let's see, I got an Instagram, Emily Blue Music, and if you search me on SoundCloud and iTunes and Bandcamp, you will find me. All right. So we're going to finish out with one more brand new song. Hasn't even been heard yet. Here's Rico Acid by Emily Blue. Once again, make sure to check her out at Canopy Club. Cowboy Monkey. I've been saying Canopy Club too many times because we're doing giveaways. Um, (laughs) Check her out at Cowboy Monkey on Friday, 8 p.m. Local band Church Booty and Tell Mama. It should be a really good time. And stay tuned for the rest of Request Live. I'll catch you on the other side. Don't come easy, I know that it don't I tried so hard to find someone to hold He'll take my hand at the end of the road This I know How should I feel when the going gets tough? Sometimes it seems like his love ain't enough My body aches when I'm out and I feel Drawn to another man the rules I want to
straight. Do you want to go outside? Put your hands on my waist. Stay- 